Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Welcome into another preseason episode of the Believe in Wizards podcast. Uh, I'm going to have a good guest for you here today, talk a little Wizards basketball and just, you know, who on the team actually has a shot at, at some of the NBA's regular season awards, or if anybody on the team has uh, any shot at them. And we'll talk a little bit about the first preseason game, kind of tease the second preseason game. I uh, wouldn't want to get in that too heavy since maybe by the time you listen to this, they will have already played their second game against the Knicks, but before we get going, just want to give you a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back uh, for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your pro and college football betting action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's get into the show. All right, it's time to get into today's uh, Believe in Wizards podcast, or actually this week's Believe in Wizards podcast. We've had one uh wizards preseason game and we're kind of tease preseason game number two here for you but today i'm joined by matt vazana one half of the beltway sports bros podcast on bram weinstein's empire media network uh matt you guys taking a little hiatus right now so i was able to steal you away why don't you tell folks uh you know why i was able to uh to co-opt you to, to join me here for the week first of all matt this is a long time coming i know i've been on the show before but i'm actually like on the show with you as opposed to just answering questions with Larry, right. which was really exciting. Co-host duties. <laughs> yeah. A little stressed out right now. It's coming cold off the bench, so to speak. I haven't done this in a while, so like just it. bear with me. We got you. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, and, and thank you so much for having me. I owe you like nine of these because you've been on our show so many times. So it's the least that well, I I'm can gonna do. I'm going to collect. You better believe uh, it. <laughs> well, currently you are. You Good. are currently, you are collecting and I owe you much more, but I wanted to just let everybody know if anybody listens to our show. Yes, we were on hiatus right now. Uh, we are we were planning on coming back at the beginning of the NFL season. Life gets in the way, as you know, and uh, actually I started a new company, which is super exciting. It's called Box and Staffing Solutions. Weird name. I know it's every I swear to God, every single name on Earth has been taken already. <laughs> you would be believe in Wizards <laughs> podcast, B-L-E-A-V. So don't no judgment here that. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, Boxum actually means top in Latin. Nice. There you go. Uh, yeah. So 
it can be confused as buxom, which is, you know, mm-hmm. another thing. But uh, so anyway, it, we're, we're working um, with a great company called QC Kinetics. They're, they're funding, funding us or nationwide, and we're working a lot of medical openings. And uh, but we work on everything. So, hey, if you need any help from from the staffing side, I know that it's really hard to find good help these days. Please look me up. Box some staffing solutions. All my contact information is on there. Uh, I didn't mean to turn this into an infomercial, Matt. I, I have apologize. outsourced to Boxum to bring in a co-host for today <laughs> while, while Larry's on break. So it's working out good already. Work it out. Yeah, you got the Boxum guy with you here. Uh, but so anyway, that's what I'm doing. And it's it's overtaking my life. And podcasting is as much as I really do miss it. And, and this is a thrill for me right now because I just love getting back on the mic. Right now, it's just not to be. But uh bram gave us the green light to come back whenever we want and we will do that when the time is right maybe just say you'll leave it indefinitely postponed until the washington football team is actually good and then you could just have car to to, never come back why do you have to do that you know that's (laughs) it's a low blow (laughs) as a lifetime wizards fan i have to bring everyone down with me um well i'm a also lifetime wizards fan and you know there's nothing fun about being a washington sports fan in general Outside of those, we're title town, baby. You don't we're care about the uh, the NBA 2K League where we're back to back champions. Oh yeah, that's right. That's a big one. Was, you know, thanks, Ted, crushing it as always. Nailed and, it. You know, Ed, he's uh, he's doing great with the the betting thing there. You know, he's he's taking over the world. You know, he's gonna make. He wins at everything he does except <laughs> owning the Wizards. Uh yeah. Well, you got to win at something. You know, you can't be good at everything. Speaking of losing, the Wizards did that uh, in their first preseason game. They lost 125 to 119 to the Houston Rockets. In fairness to them, they started very, very cold and ended up, I would say, comfortably leading for most of the game into you know late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. And then the Exhibit 10 guys came in and, and things sort of went haywire and they ended up kind of falling short. But I was mostly encouraged by the game. I think there were kind of two guys that, that stood out to me that I had almost no expectations for. Um, Corey Kispert got a surprise start because KCP needed a root canal or crown or something like that last minute. So I keep this pearly white, you know, that, that's exactly right. That's huge. <laughs> um, and then Aaron holiday had um, kind of a slow start, I would say, but then worked <laughs> his way into 17 points, played scrappy defense, moved the ball around a little bit. I just kind of mostly want to start with Kispert here for a minute, I guess. Uh, Dinwiddie said that Kispert had been lighting it up from three at practice, which may have helped him earn the start, and that he was, quote, an absolute flamethrower. We did not see that player during summer league. No. Do you think this is just strictly him being around, like, competent adults who are putting him in a position to be successful? Well, it's summer league, first of all. And a guy like (laughs) Kisberg, who stands at three-point range, I mean, he's got the ability to drive a little bit, but not a... Great ability to drive. We'll sure. say, say that. Not his you know, skill set. Yeah, that's not what he's in the NBA for, let's be honest. So a guy who stands at three-point range with his hands up in the air waiting for the ball to get to him when you got a guy who's going to be in the Israeli league in a month <laughs> looking to catch on in the NBA somewhere, probably not going to get the ball. And, you know, it's tough to get any kind of a groove going or any you're, you're shooting it, what? two, three times a quarter, maybe, yep. you know what I mean? And Hey, that's what it's going to be doing in the, in, in the NBA as well with the wizards. 
But at the same time, the NBA is just a cluster. You know what? We curse on our podcast. I'm going to keep it to a minimum. I told, I promised Matt that I would. We've got a quota. Uh, <laughs> we, we can get in a couple. You know. But uh, it, it's a mess. And that's no reflection on him. The reflection only is that he had a poor shooting percentage in the summer league. But it's he's the perfect kind of player. Uh, you know, when you got a guy who when you're players like Aaron Holiday or Dinwiddie or whoever is driving and popping out. I mean, that's what you need. And that's what they tried to turn uh, Denny Avdia into. And he's not that guy. Nope. So, so Kisberg, Kispert, I should say, is, I mean, I think as long as he keeps the ability to shoot, which I don't, I hope that he gets even better at it than he did when he was in, in Gonzaga. That would, ideal. Yeah. that would be ideal. And I think he's a perfect fit because, because they're not going to need much from him other than to spread the floor. Uh, he's not going to get a lot of opportunities. I mean, he's starting now for right now, anyway, sure. until until Rui uh, or whoever or Kyle Kuzma comes back and with his root canal. But I don't know. I um I'm I'm cautiously optimistic as I typically am with all new Wizards players or any Wizards players for that matter. He did kind of get cooked a couple times defensively, but there were a few possessions where, like, hey, he made a great rotation or or you know he tried to contest somebody at the rim and. Just any rookie, if you're not a total dumpster fire defensively, I think is a positive. That might be the only thing that I think that kind of limits his ability to to come in and help the team. But these players don't say nice things about guys that they don't like. You know, like they're they're not subtle enough to like hype someone if they don't think they can contribute. And and apparently Beal took Kispert and made sure he went around and introduced himself to each of the referees before the game and said like, Hey, this is a pro shooter tip, you know, go in there and make nice, like uh, taking him under his wing. That's great. Beal would not do that if this guy was a bum and I, what Dinwiddie said, you know, all those things. Um, Wes Unseld said he had a great camp. So I, I think folks were really down after that summer league. And again, it's one preseason game, but I think this is the reason why as fans, especially here locally, we all just need to take like that big deep breath and not make any lasting judgments from like the world's smallest sample size. Right. But to play devil's advocate, wasn't he a big Garrison Matthews guy too? Bill, I mean, he was, he was, was Garrison, pro Matthews. Garrison Matthews and pro Mo Wagner. And this is yeah. a pro Mo Wagner show still. <laughs> oh, so. I still love Mo. Come on. He, the most denied Wizards player in the history of the franchise. Yeah. What does the guy have to do? Brooks hated him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hated his yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just think that, you know, he's, it, it, it's just such a traffic jam at this forward spot. I mean, what are you going to do? You got to trade somebody, right? I know that we were, we're I'm kind of getting off of subject. See here, Davis. I, I mean, well, who the hell's going to trade for him? Unless you're talking about a salary dump, you're, you're going to send it to a team and you're going to take, take on somebody else's, God awful salary. You know, that's all it's going to be. Nobody's going to take his salary on. The guy can't play defense. I love Davis. I really do. Little don't love him quite as much after last year, but I still do. I, you know, I think that he went through a lot. I think that he he had COVID. Uh, he couldn't get out of Latvia. <laughs> he wasn't practicing because he was waiting on this new contract. There's a lot, a lot going against him. And I think that. Uh, this could be a significantly better year, similar to the prior year. Let's hope. I mean, there's, you know, a shooter like that does not continue shooting that way. 
And he still shot about 40%. Like right. he wasn't as bad as I think we all made him out to be, but he took a lot of bad shots and he did nothing yeah. on the other end. I well, think he, he took a lot of bad shots. He took a lot of bad shots the year before, but they were just going in. Yeah. And we had no, really no other options. I yeah, mean, very few. Good. And, um, but you know, him on the defensive end is a detriment. Of course, he'll have these random good defensive plays here and there, you know, but he's just, you know, he's got, you know, mud in his feet what's what am i trying to say the uh uh he's it's like he's he's, he's walking in quicksand or something yeah. you know he's what i mean a very slow human there you uh-huh. go that that works that works for me too and then he you also know, posterized a couple of guys last year <laughs> i was at so a game weird. where he literally put a guy on a poster and i was like what the shit i didn't know he could actually dunk like yeah. let alone like catch catch a body in the middle of the game why doesn't he you know it's this is his job right why doesn't he like have any definition in his arms of any kind or, or just show that he's like trying at least. I mean, he kind of looks like if he wasn't, you know, 6'10 or whatever the hell he is, he would just look like some, you know, dad that's like at a soccer game. If he was like a normal, like six foot guy or 5'10, no, he doesn't la- like this is your job, man. Yeah. This is your job. This is the last thing I'll say on this because if in the rare chance my wife actually listened, she will give me a hard time for body shaming a pro athlete. But the first picture of their little gallery of workout photos was Berton's curling two 30 pound dumbbells. And it was like literally the cover of the album. And they oh, needed Lord. everyone to know that he has just been like, just getting shredded in the off season. So uh, 30 pounds. Huh? Okay. Uh, yeah. He was well, going to town on them. Not 30 pounds combined, 30 pounds each. So, uh, okay. He's hitting, well, it. Yeah. he's hitting it, man. Wait, look, you know, maybe he was 20 last year. He's, he's showing gains, you know, he's going to look like Chris Hemsworth and Thor by the end of the season. You know, Let's just, hope so. uh, all right. So that was good. Aaron holiday. Also very good. In my opinion, this is an interesting thing about this fan base. Like some people were like, Oh, holiday didn't move the ball around very well. Didn't make any shots. I'm like, what game did you watch? Like I, I, well, I very much I liked the minutes, but well, hold on for a second. How did you watch the game? Okay. So like, do you have like some special powers that I don't? Because I actually text you during the game. Yeah. How are you watching this? And you told me I'm not. And then apparently you still were able to. So I I didn't realize that. So I have NBA League Pass, but the Wizards games are usually blacked out. Mm. So I don't know if this was because this one was not on TV. If it became yeah. available on League Pass, but one, it not being on NBC is bizarre. Two. League Pass is the biggest piece of shit of all time. It's the worst. I don't understand how like a billion dollar sports league can't build a better app. This thing breaks like every third time I use it. And I try to fast forward. It always breaks down. I had it last year. Yeah, It's awful. Awful. And I was done with that. NBA seems to have seems to be like cheap everywhere. You know, they they seem to like half ass everything. Well, they got to be able to pay uh, Russell Westbrook $44 million (laughs) and things like that. Yeah, it just seems like they're like, they try to be like the NFL, but then it's like, nah, we'll we'll, we'll just make a couple cuts here, a couple cuts there, you know, hire a developer right out of college as opposed to like a 10-year experienced developer. Because, you know, just you got to cut that somewhere and, you know, here we are. But yeah, it's a shitty app. And uh, actually, funny enough, the NBA... Uh, league pass i canceled it and they actually charged me for two years what i didn't even realize it it was like ten dollars a month not even during the season it was just yeah. and then I, I i was like i called them up i was like what the hell and i, I got like four hundred dollars back because they were just like just 
stealing money out of my account. I had no yeah. idea. They re-upped me and didn't tell me that it was. Oh, uh, oh yeah. I was like, all right, this is actually uh, is a pro this move. worked out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Sorry. So, you know, this is, this is what we do. We're used to doing our show. We just get off on tangents here. So I apologize. Last league pass ran. Put the WNBA games on there. Put the G League games on there. Like you have all this other content. Let's not cheap out. Like, come on, guys. If we're going to pay that much a month, the least you can do is hook us up with like all of your stuff. And I'm paying for League Pass in the summer. <laughs> I actually, I'm I'm on a small list of people that will watch WNBA games. So I was like, going to say, I'll, I'll leave you to those. Uh, but somehow they're on like ESPN <laughs> three at like weird ass time. Like, I don't know. Just just make them available. Come on, fellas. All the right. last I noticed the last playoff game. I don't even know who was playing. But that place looked pretty full. Yeah. Uh, I was they watching. Good crowd. They do? Yeah. Well, great. That's good. I. But but they also kicked them out of their arenas. And I, the, <laughs> actually, one of the craziest games I, I ever saw in college, they played the Mystics played a game at um, at Comcast Center because Verizon Center had the circus in town. So mm. it's like, well, wait, the Mystics are actually good, but we've double booked them with the circus. <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, the circus makes way more money. I'm like, of course. Barton okay. Bailey's baby. How, you know? how do you argue that? So, or the Universal Circus, maybe it was that one. That's, uh, a, that's a big one. That's always a big one. Yeah, but maybe it's part of Bailey's. I don't think is going around anymore. I think they're done. They are done. All the, of the animal cruelty. Uh, I guess they've just had about enough. That's exactly right. the elephants night. had had enough. <laughs> <laughs> Which I might be done going to Verizon or whatever Capital One Arena if this year is disappointing. I don't know how much more I can take, uh, but we'll see. I have optimism, um, and. And I try really hard to be optimistic, which is against my nature. And being on Wizards Twitter is sometimes very bad for me because what I took as a slightly innocuous comment the other week, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope said that Montrez Harrell called a players only meeting. And people took like took that like really hard that like, why are we having a players only meeting? So I looked at it as, hey, this is literally just like what we mean here is a bonding opportunity. like. We've just labeled this poorly as a players only meeting. Like everything players only has that bad connotation of like, you know, the ship is sinking. What do we do here? And that would be a very bad sign early. But the way they That's talk like about calling it, Heineke a game manager, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, there are just certain labels that, that end up on things. And you're like, no, that's not that's not what but we're representing. But he's chucking and ducking out there. You know, that's no game manager. Go I ahead, like, I'm sorry. I actually like that dude. Um, How could you not? He's great. This isn't. This is a wizard show. Let's let's continue. All right. This sounds. <laughs> We're not like talking simple. about the Washington football team, Matt. We're not yeah, going to do it. I can't adopt a second terrible <laughs> team. Um, this sounded like simple team building to me, but mm. again, I could be in my fog of optimism. What What did you take from that? Um, I, you know, again, I'm I'm not the most optimistic person either. I can get that from my brother. I think he's uh. He's a tough nut to crack and, you know, everything. I'm actually more positive than he is. If, if you ever listen to our it. show, you know, there's no conceivable way anybody can be as negative as he is. But I took it as a negative mainly because Wes Unseld Jr. is the coach. Uh, obviously, you know, that goes without saying. But but the, the season hasn't even started yet. And they're having players only meetings. I was under the assumption that this guy had things under control. This is very Scott Brooks-esque, and it freaks me out. I mean, because, you know, he wasn't coaching anyone, so they had to kind of coach themselves. Last year, they had the Russell Westbrook thing, and he was, what did they do? It was like, you know, 
this is your job. This is your job. And basically took over in a practice. Yeah. In a and, practice. and established roles and responsibilities for the team two months into the season. It's too early for this shit, man. Like this is not something that this should even come up yet. Now, if you got to have a five game losing streak or something, sure. This the season hasn't even started yet. And, and sure, you can have a bonding moment. Go to a damn bowling out. Don't have a players only meeting. It's a bad look right now, I guess. And it, it's also to me, kind of disrespectful to the coaching staff. You can be looked at it that way because West West Sun still it's like, yeah, what's so <laughs> I'm here, guys. You want to have a meeting? I, I can, can I come in? Do you mind? Like, so I don't know. I think it's a bad look on all, all sides. It may have had the best of intentions. I have no doubt. And, and I've heard that, you know, the Lakers used to do that stuff all the time, but that's when you have, I'm pretty sure there's a coach on the floor with the Lakers. He is actually the coach. Mm -hmm. So it's probably better to keep your actual coach out of the, out of the players only meeting because, you know, LeBron's got to run some sets, right? LeBron, Rondo, all these other guys that are, (laughs) yeah, he's got a whiteboard some shit, right? You know, so it's a totally different situation. And, you know, Beal's trying to do his best LeBron light, you know, move here. You, sorry, sorry, Brad. You're just not LeBron. You never will be. And, you know, for another conversation, he's been given way too much power, LeBron like power, which does not fit what he has done in the league. But the way that this team is being set, a lot of young players, Wes Unsell Jr., seems to be running this thing kind of like a college coach in a way. You know, he's focusing on defense. He's not. Offense will take care of itself. I love that approach. We've heard it before, of course. However, I don't know. I think that out of respect to the coaching staff, let him set up the meetings. Right. At least so, year one, for the love of God. So I'm going to go devil's advocate to your devil's advocate here. So Larry's talked about okay. Wes Unsell being a very sort of low-key, understated guy, and how during the course of the season – it's a long season. If it's just the coach pounding shit into your head, like you're eventually going to sort of glaze over and tune that thing out, tune him out. So I think you do need some amount of like player driven, you know, motivation, leadership, whatever that kind of thing is. But again, I really do just think this is like poor messaging because they talked about needing to bond and the opportunity to develop chemistry. And to me, if they just, if KCP gets up there and says, Montrez Harrell got us together for like an icebreaker and we all did two truths and a lie and you know like whatever the the thing is I, I don't think we'd be talking about this at all that that's sort of my a general game take. of telephone or, yeah you know, exactly yeah. I I do hear what you're saying I really do Matt um, but I think it's year one give Wes Unsell a chance you, it, there's no they don't need to not do players only meetings I just think before the season starts let the coach be the coach, you know, and during the season, if they feel like they need that, if they feel like they're not getting what they need out of West Unseld, then that's a different story. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to that, like, just show that you are listening to this man. You didn't listen to Brooks. I don't think he cared that you weren't deservedly listening. So, yeah, right. Deservedly. So he was, you know, but it just it to me, it just shows that they are they're trusting in him by just letting him be the coach. And leave it at that. The thing I thought was most interesting about this was the new guy coming in and feeling the need to to do that, to work on the chemistry and to do all the things that the Lakers did. And mm-hmm. uh, Harold kind of filling the leadership void left by Ish Smith and Robin Lopez. And to some extent, you know, Russell Westbrook, who was by all accounts, the, the team 
and locker room leader last year. So I would have liked to see Beal kind of be that guy if they were going to do team buildings and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was good that he took like Kispert under his wing and all those kinds of things. But just just kind of circling back to Beal here for a minute. Sure. A couple other comments of his that, that I found surprising. He mentioned that two of his goals were to make an all defensive team and to win an MVP potentially, or at least compete mm. for an MVP. And, and that got me thinking about what we could kind of focus on here today a little bit. And, uh, you know, the NBA gives out all these regular season awards, most valuable player, six man, et cetera. I want to go through and talk about if anyone on the Wizards has a realistic shot at any of those awards. And we could also do sort of who are the those award winners for the team specifically, like who, who would be the Wizards actual MVP of the Wizards? Not like, you know, could any of them win league MVP, for instance? So we, we can kind of do this both ways. Yeah. But. You know, Wes Unsold also talked about all the like amazing potential Beal has on the defensive end of the floor. We keep hearing about how Beal was going to be the stopper for Team USA. Well, like, he does. I mean, you know, he was he showed that he could be that defensive stopper or at least in spurts, like when they played the Raptors uh, in the playoffs, whatever, I don't know, five years ago, whatever. He, mm-hmm. he took that team on his back, not just on the offensive side, but on, on the defensive side when they swept their asses. You know, it was he took pride in the defensive side of the ball as the leader of the team. And he's the laziest defensive player on the team. It's a trickle down effect. Sure. Um, now, Wes Unseld Jr. is, you know, pushing that very hard. Something Scott Brooks hasn't done in five years, even though he's said that he has. It's evident that in no way he has on either side of the ball, quite frankly, um, have any kind of strategy or anything to speak of, but you know, with, with that, I mean, if, if he has the ability to do it, Bill, I mean, he has the ability, he has the athleticism. Uh, he just has to dig down and do it. And because you can't say that he's just a bad defender because he has been a good defender in the past in spurts, not on a consistent basis, but just do it, man. And then show your teammates that you are the leader of this team and you are busting your ass. So everybody else does it the same way. Saying your goal is to make an all defense team, though, when you've been the defender you've been the last several years is disingenuous to me. Like, I think, hey, I want to be an impact defensive player for this team. Okay, I love to hear that. But anyway, let's get into this. Let's break the actual awards down and we can talk about that a little bit specifically. Hey, I want to be an astronaut. I watch space movies You know, I've watched Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. I I want to be a. X-Wing pilot, you know, <laughs> that would be pretty cool, though. That would be badass. But, you know, uh, first one, happen. league MVP. And, you know, last year I asked this question of Larry could could either Beal or Westbrook have a chance at it, you know, and, and we were both kind of like, nah, not really. But I, I'm going to ask this one slightly different because I don't think there's any way he could win it. But what would it take for Beal to be in the conversation, like a top five finish even? Like what, what would you need to see from him and the wizards for him to even like merit his name being quickly tossed out among other candidates? Well, because he's on the wizards, you have to have astronomical numbers. I'm talking like, he's got to be like the top scorer in the league by five points (laughs) on average, you know, he's not, that's the only way. Um, or he and make an all defense team make an all defensive team. Right. You know, maybe even the third would be fine. I'm not saying he has to be on, on the first team, but he's got to be so 
above and beyond anybody else to even be considered because he's on the Wizards and they have to have a good record. Yeah. You know, they have to be minimally top four in the East to be considered that, you know, and also he's got to be shown on Sports Center a little bit. He's got to hit some big shots. He's got to do things that are very unwizard like. We'll put it that way. And unbeal like, you know. So um that'd be the only way because even if he won the scoring title, which he came very close last year, mm-hmm. if it was 0.2 above the, the second guy, that's not enough. Right. No way. And, you know, they've got to show that they're winning, show that he is just playing out of his freaking mind um, and and so much better than the person below him to even be considered. That's not true for every franchise, but for the Wizards, it is. I think you nailed it there. It's that national media like narrative that seems to drive these guys. Like, was Nikola Jokic the best player in the league last year? You could make a case for it, but it, it became more about like just the crazy things he was doing on a nightly basis, and and that built that sort of momentum from from like a storytelling arc. Like Beal would have to hit a couple game winners and. Mm-hmm they'd have to grossly overachieve and beat Brooklyn, you know, in a big early season game and like go head to head with Harden. Like that's the only way he's going to get enough national attention to even be like a top, like the fifth finisher in the MVP race. And he's got to do it on such such a consistent basis. Like it's got to be like uh, Jeremy Lin type shit. You know what I mean? Like it's got, but for a whole season, but yeah, exactly. Like, you know, that's the only way that the Wizards get any attention. Uh, how many nationally televised games they have this year? I haven't even looked. What, two, maybe? Uh, it is not a lot. I do not remember off the top of my head. They had Russell Westbrook last year, and they had zero. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, like, so, I mean, I think that nationally, people don't realize how good Beal is. I He has his faults, of course, but mm-hmm. when you see him, he's an unbelievable scorer. He can score in any way. He's really unstoppable. And, but nobody really puts them in, from, in a, from a national perspective. Charlotte just, gets more love, for instance. Totally. Like people would rather see LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward than, than Beal. Right. So, in order to do that, he's got to just go nuts. And it's just not going to happen, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, the NBA put out their sort of GM survey and they talked about who is the best shooting guard in the NBA. And James Harden got 63% of the votes. Devin Booker got 17%. Luka Doncic got 10% of the votes, which I wouldn't call him a shooting guard personally, but that's whatever. Uh, And then they had, quote, also receiving votes. So I don't, my math is is not my uh, strong suit here. So I'm not sure, you know, what the percentage breakdown here is. But Beal finished fourth, Curry fifth, and Kevin Durant sixth. Again, I wouldn't have called Kevin Durant a shooting Uh, guard after like his second year in the league, but... You're um, putting you're putting rockets into space, and your math isn't good. What's going on here? It's terrifying. <laughs> what I, I do don't we advertise here? that at work? At the very least, <laughs> at work I can second. use a calculator. Here I'm a little too on the fly. Yeah, I got you. Uh, no, I um, w- w- did you have a question for me on that? I, one? No, I mean, my opinion just, is, I just think that's interesting that you know they list him as like the fourth best shooting guard in the NBA. It's like, okay, well, that you know, let's aggregate that there's five positions you're fourth at a position that puts you and you've seen all these preseason rankings where he's 15th through 20th on all of them 
it, it would make it very tough to get an MVP, I guess, is all I'm trying to hammer. Oh, him. yeah, absolutely. I mean, him, I think that's way too high for him anyway, which is weird because, I mean, like you said, Kevin Durant's on it and, and Luca's Luca, on it. I mean, yeah. like, you know, Stephen Curry's on it. He's really a point guard. I mean, sure. for all intents and purposes. So this is, I don't even know, is this less like, best scorers in the league and they're just calling them shooting guards. I, I don't really know, but um, he is, I'm actually shocked that he's getting this kind of attention from, but GMs know this is a GM survey, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. It's not the writers would never say that. never. He'd be in, you know, like you said, 13th, 15th, something like that. And he gets Beal. I mean, he gets uh, docked more than other players for his defensive effort or lack thereof or abilities like you know James Harden is one of the worst defenders you'll ever see in your life I mean let's let's be honest right and then Devin Booker's halfway I mean he's all right I guess he's pretty good but if you're if you're a star you don't need or for whatever reason they don't need to play defense I mean and the league doesn't want anybody to play defense um so but I think my point is I think Bradley Beal gets docked more because of his horrific defensive abilities or effort if anything so it's um you know he's going to drop that way and and again it's just it's the wizards man they get nothing <laughs> so our answer to who on the wizards could win a league mvp is no one what let's no say one. let's take beal just out of the equation here who could be wizards team mvp this year again outside of beal so got all the other candidates if there were somebody on the team that you think could provide the most value and has the biggest chance of impacting them being like a five six seven seed who's the guy you think needs to kind of be that that driver for them well i think this is easy i mean it's it's spencer dinwiddie right i mean it have to be he's got the ball in his hand the majority of the time other than beal he has the most opportunities to make things happen to score to you know for assists and um I think he's going to be a much better fit than Russell Westbrook was. Yes, it was fun to watch Westbrook last year do his triple-double thing and all that, but that was its tough for me to admit with Noel, but it was fool's gold. It really yeah. was, um, and, and he's a regular season guy. We didn't even win that much during the regular season, So, and you saw what happened in the playoffs. My God. So I think that Dinwiddie, he's kind of a low-key signing. Um, I mean, hot, very... It's big time for the Wizards. This would be a low-key signing pretty much for, for everybody. Most, yeah. If the Lakers <laughs> did it, he'd be their fourth biggest name. Yeah, right. So this is the fact that we didn't have to trade for him. That's a pretty big deal. A massive deal, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, it's it, it's the kind of the cop-out answer. But I believe that he would be that guy and just because he has the most opportunities to do so. So let's stick with Dinwiddie for a second. The next one I'm going to talk about is the most improved player. And and I need to go back and look at the guys who've won this traditionally. Like it's one of those things where if you've had one good season in the past and then a couple bad years, if you get back to that one good season or even better than that, like can you still win a most improved? Like I don't know. Like if you look at Dinwiddie's years, he's actually only had like one and a half really good seasons. And then obviously he was hurt all last year. So if he's like an, an all-star candidate this year, can he win a most improved? I don't know. Like someone well, like, it, wor- it worries me because of the nets. I mean, they were such a bad yeah. team and you know, anytime you have a, if you're the only player on a bad team, your number should be inflated. Right. I mean, if you're Good on stats, bad team guy, exactly. And which, you know, in this case 
might not be the worst thing because he's not a, you know, a guy that's going to, I mean, honestly, I don't know what it's good. I mean, we've seen with Beal, he's had crazy stats and bad teams. You see it all over the league, right? You know, 2019, he, uh, Dinwiddie averaged two and a half point, uh, 20, uh, 20.6 points per game and almost seven assists. If he does that with the Wizards, we'll be in good shape. But like you said, it, it's only happened once. So I, I don't know. He looks healthy. He's coming off that ACL, which is always concerning, right? Um, but I think that you don't have – he doesn't need the ball. He needs the ball, but he doesn't need it like like uh, Westbrook. Or, he's not or the high, yeah, monster usage guy. Yeah, like he, he's not the guy that's such a big star that he feels like it, it, it's tugging – it's pulling and tugging with Beal, but who's going to take the last shot and who's going to – you know, be the real star on the team. Dinwiddie, I feel like he knows his place and his place is to make the team better. And I hope that he sticks with that. And and he and Kuzma are kind of the two interesting ones for me for this, just because they've each had one, at least one really good statistical season on a bad team. Yep. And if they replicate those stats, you might say, well, and they're not really improved then. But if you can replicate those stats on a really good team and the Wizards end up being good, does that give you a shot at that award? I would say probably not because it's like a harder like explanation to make. But Kuzma's mm-hmm. a guy that had 18 points and six rebounds on a bad Lakers team. Like he's not going to put up those numbers for the Wizards. But, you know, if he put up 15 and six or 15 and seven and they're good, yeah. does does that give him um, kind of a, a chance at it? So I would think neither of those guys can win it. And that probably leads... Rui Hachimura, maybe, and Daniel Gafford, maybe. Do you see any of those guys, either of those guys, having a chance at a most improved player? Uh, Rui did cross my mind. However, you know, this, geez, it's always something, man. <laughs> you know, uh, this this whole mental illness thing. I hope it works out well for him. Uh, you know, seems like a great guy. If he was still in Japan, this shit wouldn't fly. But it's, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just um, I, no, probably not. I, truthfully, the the biggest opportunity for most improved player is Davis. You know, interesting. I like that I, one. I, I think that he took such a dip last year, even though he didn't shoot terribly. He shot terribly for him, and you know, if he's if he's back at like 44 percent from three point range, something. I mean, shoot. I think mean, that would be pretty nice. It'd be pretty nice. And his usage is going to go down, right? He's not going to play as many minutes. And I think that Wes Sunseld, who has half a brain, is going to put him in a situation to be successful. He he obviously has deficiencies. We know this. He, he's not a lockdown defender. He's he's got his moments. He can he you know he's he's an underrated rebounder. I will say that. Like he I, to me. He can get in there. He can get in there. He he gets he gets dirty sometimes. I'm side eyeing Matt right now. For you are who can't see this version, but I, <laughs> no, I think he's got sneaky kind of, you know, kind of like garbage man tendencies sometimes. I guess that's he's not all flash with shooting, you know, fifty footers. <laughs> all the, he does do certain things, and like you said, he random dunks out of nowhere. He has these ra- just, just these strange flashes, and I think if if Wes Unsell Jr. can kind of 
use what he does well, as opposed to just put him out there and just start. How many times did we see out of timeouts, Davis Breton shoot a three, somebody throw a pick for him. They, they throw, they throw out a play for him. He would shoot a three and never touch the ball again for the rest of the quarter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Russell Westbrook didn't trust him. You know, this was evident of course. And you know, he didn't get the ball. I think that if you put him in a good spot, he's a very good player and he is, has a great opportunity to be that guy. I really do believe that um, because honestly, there's nobody really else in my opinion that can improve and show that he has the ability has shown in the past that he has the ability and can improve and get back to that. Yeah. I think this one is Gafford. Um, and only because from a numbers perspective, people are going to look at what he averaged last year and not just what he averaged with the wizards, but when he barely played for Chicago, like it really deflates his stats for the season. So if he has a full year of the impact he had once he was traded at plus some improvement and hopefully better conditioning and he can play more minutes. And I heard he got a Peloton. (laughs) Just kidding. I I don't know if he did or not. (laughs) He would be a very good spokesperson for it. If he has a good year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to me, he's the guy like just a more consistent role. Maybe now he's 25 minutes a game. He supposedly has improved his quickness to guard on the perimeter. He's worked on his range and touch a little bit. That's the only guy to me that has like a realistic shot at winning most improved. And even I don't think that's that realistic. So, um, all right. Hey, that's I, I can I can go with that. You know, um, I love Gafford. I really do. I think that it was a difficult situation to be put in him playing so little with the bulls and then expected to play more. And, you know, he just, the conditioning thing. I mean, the guy looks, what is he? 22 and or whatever, 23, 24 now. Yeah. Yeah, 24. I mean, he shouldn't, he should be able to play every single minute and not break a sweat at this age. You know, imagine when he's my age, but he plays so hard. That's not sustainable for Uh more than 17 minutes a game or whatever it was last year. Well, Uh, let's, let's uh, dial that, dial that back a little bit. And and he's right. I mean, he does play his ass off. He's got to cut down the fouls. Yeah. Maybe play a Uh, little less hard and be slightly more under control. Yeah. Control yourself, you know, and um, he could be the guy, you know, and especially he's going to get more minutes if he's, if he can handle it. <laughs> so sticking with Gafford and probably being the most impact defender on the team, uh, the next regular season award is defensive player of the year. I think there are no win, like no possible winners on this entire roster anywhere of that yeah. award for the league, but could Gafford or one of KCP or one of these guys make um, an all defensive team again, still probably not, but I do think there are a couple guys on this roster, at least that excite me from a defensive standpoint, which I, I can't remember the last time I actually thought that about anyone on the roster. It, it was probably the last time Larry Hughes was in a wizard's uniform that I think like, <laughs> holy shit, that that's a top notch. Yeah. It's a lockdown defender. defender. Yeah. Um, and, and the league agreed. I mean, he was, he was, uh, you know, what was he third team? First team, baby. Uh, the league right. steals. Obviously, I just want to see if you know. Yeah, yeah. of course. Come on. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd literally get booted off the <laughs> the the, uh, the website for the show here. I, I don't doubt it, but um, in this case, you know, I said uh, Davis is the uh, is the most improved. I think Gafford has the opportunity for that. He, even with a poorly, an incredibly poorly coached team, he was 
you know, even to basketball novices that are watching, you could just see the the impact that he had on a game. Yeah. Um, we they went from, you know, not being able to protect the rim in any way, and, and continuing not being able to stop anybody from three point range. But at the very least, there was something there, an athletic big that could actually change the trajectory of a shot or showed that they even gave a shit to play defense. He's the only one, in my opinion, that has that opportunity with the him starting with additional minutes. I, you know, honestly, if this team is a good defensive team with Wes Unsell Jr. at the helm, I think Gafford has a legitimate shot at, at one of those uh, at, at a at first, well, not first team, probably third or second at the most. But I don't even know if they do a third team for this, but at least like, let's say honorable <laughs> mention for the award. Yeah, honorable mention. Sure. You know, I just think. Gafford is he was getting national attention during that run Mm -hmm. you know everything was about Westbrook and everything and all that but Gafford was the catalyst for the the amount of wins that they had I mean there was it was legitimately the games that he played they won you know and I'm not going to say that they're going to win 82 games this year if he he doesn't get hurt Um, but you could just see a huge difference and I'm I'm a huge fan of his and I hope that, that you know he continues and it will get to that point that he is a feared center in the NBA. He looked good surrounded by basically turnstiles at most positions. I mean, like Rui had some flashes and things like that, but overall bad defenders surrounding him this year, he's going to play minutes with uh, people that are, you know, defensive analytics, darlings like Aaron holiday, who could be a pesky on ball defender. Maybe he'll pick some guys up, you know, the full length of the court, like, KCP will be out there. Kuzma mm-hmm. was better defensively in stretches, I'd say, at least over the last year and a half, or at least in the bubble run for sure. Sure. So if everyone around him is slightly better and just he himself is slightly improving, I think the the potential impact is is even greater. And I and they hate have saying a scheme, this out and loud. They, but. And they have a, an actual scheme Beautiful. to match what they're doing. Exactly what I was, I was, <laughs> you read my I mind cut, because like, I cut you off. Sorry. No, it's no, it's a hundred percent where I was going to go is like, I hate to say this about anything. Cause I've always been disappointed by our coaches here, but like someone that actually gets what they're doing and can set them up to be successful. Like he made Jokic look like a pretty good defender and he's yeah. the slowest person to maybe play in the league since George Mike. And <laughs> I, like, I, I think that what could he do for Gafford is a, like a really interesting question to see play out. Absolutely. I'm excited to see it. Um, cautiously optimistic is what I'm going to go with on that one again. I like it. Yeah. I, I'm poised for disappointment. I think. Oh, you got to be. be. You're Logan. a fit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next award here. Sixth man of the year. I think I'm going to let you go first. Cause I probably have a slightly uh, less conventional choice for this, but, but who would, who would you think is the most likely person on this team to be able to compete for that award? Hey, the guy who already got the sixth man of the year. You know, Montrez Harrell, of course. So uh, you're going to go a different route. Uh, but I mean, that that's an easy one to me. You got the hustle guy, the guy that's going to bust his ass off the bench. And I, I really love his game. Um, another great pickup, honestly. I, this trade has been, I don't know how the hell they did it, but it was, you just look across the board. It's pretty, pretty impressive getting what they did for Russell Westbrook, getting out from under that contract. I know that's not what we're talking about, but. I haven't well, had a chance to discuss on, that. <laughs> on that for one second, man, the the and same NBA GM survey, they asked which team made the best overall move this offseason. 
The Heat got 47% of the votes, which is a little crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, Lakers got 17. Yeah, they got old, but getting guys like Malik Monk on the fringe and things like that, I think is actually impressive. The Nets had 7%, the Rockets had 7%, and the Wizards had 7%. So I actually think that's cool that Tommy Shepard is getting some amount of recognition for just how, like, it's maybe not the best trade of all time, but in terms of, like, getting out of a tight spot and putting yourself in a position to be flexible, it's one of the better moves I can think of. Yeah, league-wide. I'm really, I mean, what how he did that was... It was like a damn magician, like a yeah. wizard, so to speak. He foisted uh, a Westbrook on them to to be able to do yeah. that. I mean, it, it's it's and the Dinwiddie part, like you can't underrate the the salary cap room to get Dinwiddie. Absolutely, it's a shockingly great move. Anyway, sorry. Uh, who's your guy? Six, six Again, man. Little out of left field here. I'm gonna have to go with Anthony Gill. Wholeheartedly kidding. Sorry if the Gill family's listening. I was, uh, is he is he still on the team? I thought he's he got. Still, he is still on the team. He got, okay. Um, he ran around out there, and I don't know that he had any counting stats whatsoever in his several minutes of play in the first preseason game. But he does seem like, like a Gil. nice guy. So he seems like a sweetheart. That Gill, you know, yeah, old uh, Gill. Have you yeah. ever watched The Simpsons? Good old, good old <laughs> a Gill here. Um, yeah, no, not Anthony Gill. I, I'm gonna go Kuzma for this. And, and the reason I think that, uh, I, I still think that they're going to start KCP, even maybe it just as like the ceremonial starting small forward, you know, mm-hmm. like we're going to come out with at least one guy that will guard on the perimeter. And then that gives Kuzma the opportunity to come in and just cook against second teams. And he received a lot of hate on uh, Wizards Twitter the other night in the first preseason game, because literally the second the ball touched his hands, he just hoisted it at the rim for like his first five shots. And a couple of them were actually good looks, but he was definitely making a concerted effort to like get those shots up, you know, with, with people out and things like that. But yeah, I think that's just like a, Hey, I've been like, I'm finally off like LeBron Island here and wait, I have a green light to do things. So if they can let him come in against second teams and, you know, other teams version of Anthony Gill are now guarding him. I just think uh, Kuzma's got a lot more than what he's shown, and he's got an opportunity to not be that 18-point-a-game guy, but if he's 15-6 and at a reasonable percentage and plays some defense and the team is good, you know, I I just think it would be hard for Harrell to win it here given the impact that hopefully Gafford has, and then who knows what happens with Thomas Bryant coming back. So that's why I went Kuzma with this one, but I think the smart money is probably Harrell. Hey, you know, you got to be different, right? You know, this is a zig when uh, they zag. Yeah, right. I know. I I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, the depth of this team is outrageous. Mm -hmm. It really is. Uh, Maybe they don't have the greatest starting five, so to speak, but that's going to win you some games in the regular season. Yeah. Maybe not in the playoffs uh, when you, when you're the bench. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, When your backups are pretty much just as talented as your starters. Um, I mean, they don't have a Bradley Beal coming off the bench or anything, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but hey, I'm and you know they make some kind of a trade with yeah. that at at, at uh, the the three because of that. Yeah, they got they got a lot of players there, and um, I think that they could they could make some noise. Um, I, I don't know. We need a Beal needs a backup shooting guard, right? I mean, yeah, like a I real one. So. I mean, we've needed this for ten years. For him, and Kispert can be groomed into that. I, you know, I, maybe I'm not sure. 
maybe. Um, but it's uh, I'm, I like, like this team because it's there's a lot of unknowns, but it excites me because it's not the same old shit. And and look, Russell Westbrook was not the same old, but we kind of knew what we were getting with him. I was just happy that I was right that the trade was going to happen. If I'm being honest, you did nail that. <laughs> uh, but you know, this is this is a much better team, much hungrier team seems like, and hopefully a better coach team. I think Wizards fandom comes down to just like the potential to have hope for them to be good and and normally that's in the form of like maybe we'll get a good lottery pick that'll turn into some transformational star but (laughs) this team is different because it's here are 10 guys that we can't really figure out exactly what they're gonna do so there's 10 guys to be potentially optimistic about and all 10 of them could underachieve and it could be a dumpster fire every year but at least that sliver of hope with multiple guys, you know, potentially being better than they've been so far. It gives you something to be like, okay, I, I could watch these guys a little bit. Like I want to yeah. see where this goes. I, I just want to see Wes Unsell Jr. Not play favorites. I want to see him have the best yeah. players out there. He's got it. He can't play 15 guys a night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He just can't, he can't pull the Brooks bullshit and not hurt feelings, but just pick out those random guys that he knows he can hurt their feelings because he doesn't give a shit like the Mo Wagner's of the world. Um, You know, he just, and I think that's what he's doing here. Obviously you've got Beal, you've got, you know, the guys that are going to be there. Dinwiddie's going to be starting and, but he, he needs to create a system that they have to earn their way on the court. Cause there's a, there's a log jam especially at, at the three um, you got, you got a lot of, I mean, the four is pretty deep too. I, you know, I just like, I just want him to do this and he's got to have, he's got to cut this bench at some point. He can't play everybody because it just, that's why we start like, you know, two and 10 every year, because especially with Brooks, yeah. I swear to God, it's like, Oh, we're going to play 12 guys in the rotation. Why are you doing this? And playing Troy Brown and power forward to start the right. year doesn't really help either. Or let's throw him in a point guard. Let's yeah. see. Or let's put three point guards in at the same time. You know, it's just like, what are you doing? I, I feel like there's an adult in the room. Hopefully, hopefully he's not like his dad uh, as a coach. RIP. RIP. <laughs> but let's be honest. He was one of the worst coaches in probably NBA history. To his credit, um, though, those teams at least played kind of hard. Like they weren't good, but... And he did okay. What what was he better as or worse as? I guess you could look at it. Coach or GM? I think he was worse as a GM. You like, think I so? Don't, I don't think he had like good talent to coach well, but at least like I felt like there was effort, you know, just like shitty guys running around pretty hard. <laughs> well, he loved drafting uh power forwards. Just lo- talk about a log jam, one uh-huh. after another after yeah. another. You know, I just uh I, I think this version of Wes Unseld, I think is a, a analytics guy. He's a smart guy. Um, you know, he, he came up from starting with the wizards. You know, I think he coached on the mystics. Am I right about that at some point? Or I, 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 I don't know. He, he's I don't know. been around anyway, and he's been he's under been a lot of really good coaches too, including yeah, the man, Eddie Jordan, the man, man. Yeah. I was, you know, I was a I was a big fan of Eddie Jordan. I mean, his his Princeton offense, fun to watch. Yeah. You know, yeah, I love that team. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. All right. So you um 
continue on. I'm 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 slowing you down here. Staying with Wes. Uh, okay. I, I don't see any world in where he can win Coach of the Year in his first year as a head coach, unless like the Wizards somehow like massively overachieve. But again, if he can just like sort of, they can be good enough and make some strides, especially defensively, that he gets like uh, like a pat on the back, like you know, charity vote or something. Like yeah. I'm all for that. I, I guess the one is. If this team is good, given the move he made in the offseason, can Tommy Shepard win executive of the year? Hmm. You know, if this works out, the trade that he made is still shocks me when I look at this, this roster, what he got back for turning Wall into, into Westbrook, then turning it into, what, five players or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, got significantly younger. I, I absolutely think so. I, and also, I think that he's really well-liked around the league, which is always helpful. Uh, he's been around for decades, and he people seem to like him. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely do. If they if this team wins 50 games, hypothetically, I think he could win GM of the year or, or what, what's the exact title of it? Executive. Executive of the year. Yeah, I do. I think that that's a possibility. If If... The first time since the seventies, they've won. They went over fifty games with this roster because he made that trade. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself. And and not to mention whatever trade he could potentially make during the regular season, which we haven't seen yet. And there's got to be something coming down the pike, you would think, right? I think at this trade deadline, at the very least, there's some consolidation. It's one of the centers, whether it's Harrell or Bryant, depending on how people look gets flipped for another wing, maybe something like that, or a backup to something along those lines. Um, that would be my guess. But yeah, just the fact that he got some recognition in this preseason GM survey leads me to think that, all right, you know, like he's getting some love for this move already. Mm-hmm. So, so here's my question for you to follow on to that. And this is sort of uh, an additional wrinkle here. If Russell Westbrook is really bad, which let me preface it with, I am not in any way hoping that is the case and the <laughs> Lakers do not play well. Does that make this move and by association, Tommy Shepard look even better? Like if he is just bottomed out, uh, do you think that actually helps his chance? Um, I would think so. It, it wouldn't hurt. You know, um, if I, in my opinion, there's no way that, situation in LA is going to work out. I mean, the ball dominant Westbrook with the ball dominant LeBron, what is Westbrook going to do? You think that he's just going to be like, I got this LeBron. Hell no. You know what I mean? Those egos in that locker room, and you even throw Rondo in there. Who's, you know, in his last leg, but um, even Carmelo, he still thinks that he could probably be league MVP somewhere. Maybe Israel. (laughs) But I just, I mean, that reminds me of Lakers circa what 2000 or whatever it was or whatever year that was with Carl Malone on the team. And I mean, the, talk about a last ditch effort. I, I just don't see how that's going to work in any way. So regardless of if Russell Westbrook is technically worse, he's going to look worse on that team one way or the other. You know, he's not going to be, the, he's not going to have the ability to have 50 straight triple doubles, I don't think. You know, that's LeBron's job, you know? So um, to answer your question, it's not going to hurt. I don't think that's going to be the reason that he's going to win executive of the year, though. I think it's more so 
what these young players do that he got back for Russell Westbrook and also how West Sunsell Jr. does. You know, how, how are we talking, you know, on his defensive um, efficiency? And if he actually, let's see if they move the ball on the offensive side. Let's see mm-hmm. if they're set plays for God's sakes. Like, can we get those? Like, these are these are small things that can lead to a significant uptick in wins. And it'll make him look good. It's all encompassing, right? He hired Wes Unsell Jr. He made this trade. We're not just talking about the roster. We're not just talking about Russell Westbrook on the other side. You know, he's these. This is his team now. Tommy Shepard's team. Like there is no denying it. Yeah, Um, I think Beal's the only one left for Ernie. And I and I kind of wanted him to maybe. I wanted him to kick rocks too. Uh, is Brian was Bryant an Ernie guy? I'm trying to remember, but. Anyway, there are very few if, if there are others other yeah. than Beal at this point. Uh, his fingerprints are all over this team, and he has no excuse now. Tommy Shepard does. And if he if this team wins 50 plus games, I could definitely see it. And it's gonna make you know, it's gonna make him look really good and, and definitely be in the running for executive of the year. I would happily settle for 40 games because that at least puts them in the play in. And <laughs> I'm I'm okay with that at this point. I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of bullish on this team, man. I think they're gonna y- you know. Agreed. I don't Agreed. I don't know the stats at all or anything, but first year coaches, I mean, look at Scott Brooks, even the, one of the shittiest coaches in NBA history. And I'm not being dramatic there. Scott Brooks had a good first year, didn't win 50 games, but, you know, he was a, a different voice and he brought some juice. He brought some juice and obviously that didn't stick, but I could definitely see um, this year maybe years after this, not quite as good because it depends on his coaching style, Wes Unsell. But if he's like that college coach type, you know, that gets that they don't want to listen to anymore, which I've heard that he really isn't. He's uh, he he is a player's coach, but he's hard on him too. And, you know, he's got that good mix, whatever. I don't believe anything that comes out of anywhere anymore when it comes to this team, but he's a new voice. People were sick of hearing, hearing Scott Brooks do nothing, little to nothing. Uh, and I just hope to God that that Beal isn't so brainwashed at this point to have a free flowing offense and, you know, no parameters on that side of the ball. If he is he if he's able to rein these guys in, I mean, we could have something here, at least for the first year. So I, I'm, I'm kind of I don't know, man, I'm I think this could be a squad. I really do. I tend to agree with you. And I'm again, we're both usually on the pessimistic side. So this says a lot, but. The fact that Vegas has them in the 34 win range makes me nervous because sure. they're almost never wrong. So what do they know <laughs> that, that we don't? But shit, if they get to like 40 again, like I'll, I'll consider that like a reasonable enough success with the potential to do better. And I do think they will be a better regular season team than a playoff team, at least for maybe this first year. But the last award I want to hit you with is something I had actually never heard of before, but it's called teammate of the year. And yes, this is an official award that is given out with all these other regular season awards. Yeah. And the definition is a player whose selfless play inspires his teammates. So to me, that was somebody who's crazy, unselfish, a PJ Tucker, you know, somebody that's like doing the dirty work. Participation you, award. so to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just guys that, that don't care about like doing the, the flashy get on sports center stuff. Yeah. And the Robin Lopez's, you know, who are boxing out uh, and, and making hook shots and all that kind of shit. But then you look at the people who win it 
And it's people like Damian Lillard who won last year. And it seems to be, this is an award we give to guys who are like really good players, but will never be good enough to win like MVP type stuff. <laughs> like it's right. a consolation it's award. It's like the so, intercontinental title. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect way to put it. Um, you're not quite mainstream enough for us to give you something real, but here, take this trophy home. It's the Mr. Perfect award. There you exactly. Go. It's like- <laughs> so so Beal is the obvious choice for that. He's this team's Lillard, although not as good as Lillard in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but let's look at this in like the actual way. I think they originally meant it. If there was a player on this team whose selfless play could inspire his teammates, uh, who's the guy that you could see? on this team winning that award? Like, who would you think is is their best teammate? Um, This one's pretty easy for me. I, I think it's Howell, I believe. Is, mm-hmm. I mean, we always thought it was Raul, but Nailed it's Howell. It. Howell Neto. Uh, he just seems like he's productive when he's in there. He works his ass off. He's kind of undersized, but he does whatever he needs to do. He plays dirty, fights through screens, throws screens. You know, he just does a little bit of everything, and he just seems like a great teammate. And just doesn't complain, doesn't bitch about things, and just does what his job is, and just and is happy to be there. Quite quite honestly, um, that would be my pick. I really think that he is that guy. If the, if this teammate of the year was, you know, as was, it's supposed to be, and not Damian Lillard, Lillard. was an actual thing. Yeah. So thing. it sounds like Bradley Beal would agree with you because earlier this week he said. Quote, Wolfman is everything, which as a nickname is amazing to me. Wolfman, um, badass nickname. Yeah, so awesome. <laughs> I'm going to address him as Wolfman during a press conference this year. He's Howl, man. Yeah, exactly. He's it's amazing. Out there. It's such, it's so perfect on so many levels. Uh, he said, he's my guy. He gets us going. He's a true engine to our team for sure. I love everything that he has in his heart and his versatility on the floor. It's just amazing that we got another opportunity with him. I'm happy for him. I know he's going to continue to shoot the ball, continue to play make. He's been killing it in practice. Again, that's Bradley Beal on the Wolfman Neto. So I think Beal uh, is totally is totally with you on that. Uh, my concern is that if anybody that Beal likes ends up turning to shit. Uh, but no, it's it's um yeah. I I think th- I didn't even honestly read that. I'm, I'm kind of. You know, I'm not researching things like I used to, Matt. You can pat you know? yourself on the back for that one. That, that's a pretty good pull. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I just, you know, just watching every single game like I do, he just seems like that guy. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I like him. And, and I don't know how the hell they re-signed him, honestly. And it's wild. And I, 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 listen, yeah. I listened to your show, uh, what was a couple of weeks ago? And you're like, maybe it's just because we watch so much Wizards, so many Wizards games and we kind of, overstate how good he is and that's a good possibility i mean i'm one of those guys i watch bits and pieces of other games i don't sit there i don't i wish i had the time to sit there and watch every nba on tnt game and watch golden state for the 480th time on on you know at 10 o'clock at night but i watch all the wizards games i make sure to do that and Neto is just productive when he gets out there he's kind of like taylor heineke every time he gets an opportunity he produces um and I just, you know, he's, he's a guy you want to have on your team and just a great teammate. And, you know, um, the fact that they got him at the minimum, which is right, right. They, they paid him the minimum again, which yeah. is shocking to me. I thought Same. he was gone for sure. Yeah. yeah. Keep it going, man. And I think Bill's right too. He's like, 
I don't know how the hell we got him back, but great. Yeah, he seemed equally surprised, which made me feel <laughs> a little less crazy. And yeah. I looked at this, I'm like, all right, there was a point last year where I, I was like, I'm self-aware that I was irrationally high on what Neto was bringing to the team. Because I would have made the case like, yeah, I'd take Neto over Goran Dragic, you know, like just something dumb. But uh, <laughs> like, obviously, he's not that good a player, but no. he was huge for them. And, huge. Uh, again, it does say a lot about the Wizards. But the, the only other one here I think you could make a case for is is potentially Montrez Harrell. You hear the off-court stuff, but I think you always need one guy. And I think this is what Westbrook did an amazing job of last year was just like, here's the guy who's going to bring crazy energy in a middle of January game when you're in Minnesota and it's cold as shit, like, and you don't want to be there. Like, I think Harrell's that guy. And Dinwiddie was talking about Harrell and he said, Trez is a dog, man. He's a dog. He's going to bring it every night. He's going to rip your heart out. And to a man, that's pretty much exactly what they've all said about him. And Harold himself said, look, I didn't get utilized how I wanted to be last year. I damn near felt like I had a season off. Hmm. So he had in like 12 minutes or whatever in the first preseason game, he had nine points and 11 rebounds. I think this guy is just, yeah, he's going to just be like hustle personified for the whole season, I hope. And I think they need someone like that, like just that sort of, especially the guy off the bench who's going to like, you know, kick everybody else in the ass. Well, they had that with Gafford last year, right? And Gafford's now going to have to recalibrate his game and leave that up to Harold, you know, Mm -hmm. which that'll be interesting to see if he can do that. Um, And back to Neto, as long as he's not playing the three, I think he'll be in good shape as well. Maybe maybe the four this year. (laughs) And, um, and, you know, him being a werewolf or wolfman or whatever it is, uh, ripping out hearts seems to be right down his alley as well. So I think, you know, we were kind of on the same page. We got the same guys. You know, he's going to, if you see somebody get a, a heart ripped out, he, he'll be the first to eat it, right? Isn't that what, what wolves do? I think, it, yeah, I think you could just call everyone <laughs> on the team wolfman at this point. Um, a really fun exercise, if you ever get bored, is to look at the basketball reference nicknames. This is a Ryan Rosillo hat tip, but they uh, they have unbelievable nicknames for players that no one has ever called them ever. Uh, and so I, I don't know if Neto's has Wolfman on there yet, but I do want to do well, that better some week be. and just read through all of the just ridiculous nicknames. Well, it's a lot better than like calling him Arnetto or something. Like that's what you do, <laughs> yeah. Arnett. Yeah. Now, like, I mean, you want to talk about just the most unimaginative rn19 in the nba yeah yeah uh ak47 was badass but that was was, perfect yeah yeah, the only example yeah (laughs) uh other than that yeah let's get a little creative there guys come on man i think that is all i had for you today i think i would very easily say that you were the mvp of this episode of the show so thank you thank you for doing that. that Uh, give us a parting shot here. One sort of bold prediction for the team that you want to leave folks with, you know, with uh, the season starting in about two weeks. Uh, you want to hear what I think their final record's going to be? You think just, or just any kind of bold prediction? Any kind of bold prediction you want. Whew. Yeah, you're just throwing this on me. This could be anything, you know? Could be I, I would Anthony say- Gill averages 17 points in a game. However bold do you want to go? Well, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to be that bold, but, uh, I would say my bold prediction is that Davis Bertans is going to play at a quasi all-star level this wow. year. Wow! I'm not wow. saying he's going to make the all-star team, but he will be in the three-point contest this year because he is back to Davis. I think that 
He had so much working against him last year, coaches included. And I think I just have this feeling that he's going to come back and be himself again. And, and it's going to be such a huge help to this league. I, I think, you know, I, I'm not going to give you a percentage of three point shot, you know, what, what if he's at, you know, over 40, whatever, and he just takes smarter shots. And I think he's going to be set up for success, like I said earlier. And I think he's going to be a real catalyst for this team of why they, you know, aren't starting to and ten. I think they're going to, God forbid, maybe, hey, maybe start 500 first 10 games or something. You know, that'd be nice. That'd be a nice change of pace. That would be probably, it's not really a bold prediction, but it's just, I'll give you a prediction there. No, that's a bold prediction. I think everyone in DC is is mouth agape right now, and I'm pretty close to that. I think there's a better chance that next season after a buyout, he is an all-star in the Latvian league than there is him competing for anything close to an NBA all-star berth. And I very much hope I'm wrong, by the way. I was high on Davis. I hated the contract they gave him. Last year was disappointing. I do really respect that he's owned it and been like, hey, last year sucked and I was sucky. Like, so I, I have hopes that he'll be better, but I very much desperately want you to be right. Hey, you know, let's be honest. If you look back at my track record, I'm usually right about things. You are you know? pretty good. So- yeah, no, I, will, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will give you credit for that. So I hope this is another one. Uh, well, and at so. the very least, he plays well enough that they can flip him for somebody else's slightly distressed asset. I could live with yeah, that. Yes, absolutely. Well, hey, it was a joy to be on your show, Matt. I really appreciate it. If you ever need me back, you know, I'm here for you. And hopefully one day we'll get our show back and then you'll be able to be on every other week like you were before. Okay. We got to get Noel on here one week and I want express permission for us to do a top five Friday for folks. So, um, uh, I got, I got to talk to my legal team, see if that's allowed. <laughs> my people uh, will you know, call your people and, and we can figure <laughs> that one out. If anybody's interested, yes, these are old episodes. However, they are what we call evergreen episodes and you can listen to them we did a top five Friday every Friday. Matt was even a part of one, uh, which was top five worst wizards. I believe it was uh, the the top five wizards. We, we disliked the most, I think <laughs> is how we phrased that. And I, I went with some real sort of outliers there too. Yeah. We curse a lot on the show. Um, please check it out. It's yeah. A lot of the stuff is kind of out of date, but if you go to the top five Fridays, they will not be. And you can also, one of my favorite episodes is, uh, don't sweat the COVID. If you check that one out, Noel was in rare form in that one about vaccines. And if you're into that kind of thing, and uh, that one's kind of evergreen as well, uh, based off of Montez Sweat's unbelievable comments uh, regarding the vaccine. So yeah, um, that was a we're, scorcher. <laughs> we're not, we're more entertainment. We know a little bit to be dangerous and um, we curse a lot. So don't listen to it with your kids in the car. So there you go. Or they're hearing worse in school anyway. So you might as well like warm them up to what yeah, they're going to get once they get to middle too. school. But the top fives were, were pretty popular. I, I think Matt liked them, or at least he told me he did. All, um, always my highlight. And <laughs> and I even listened to the Washington football team, team ones. And everyone knows uh, knows me, knows that I am not a WFT fan. So that, that it, says a lot. That is That does say a lot. And But our hatred for many players, past players, is evident. And same with the Wizards. And we got we got Wizards top fives on there. We got random ones like, you know, who not to watch sports with type of thing. Mm, you, you know. I, and I don't remember, so I will have to go watch uh, yeah, rewatch that one. Some good re- anyway, uh, anyway, thanks again, Matt. It was awesome. And uh, anytime you need me, I'm here for you, buddy. 
Matt, appreciate it again. Beltway Sports Bros, Empire Media Network. Uh, give them a listen, and hopefully we can uh, we can drag these guys uh, back out of semi-retirement. <laughs> appreciate it. All right, until next week, everybody. Take care. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done